Hey everyone, I'm Emily. And I'm Maria, and this is the Open Plan Podcast. We're excited to have you here. Join us in navigating life and architecture as young professionals tackling career, education, social lives, and everything in between. Keep up with us on Instagram at Open Plan Podcast. So now let's get into it. Hey guys. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Open Plan Podcast. Welcome back to our second episode. It's been an exciting week over here because we've officially launched. <laughs> Yay! Thank you everyone who listened to the first couple episodes and for, you know, chatting with us on social media and everything. Um, it was an awesome launch. I think that we got a lot of positive feedback and we're very excited to continue and keep doing more episodes. Yeah, we really appreciate everyone's feedback. And we're excited to come back for more. <laughs> so right now it's Saturday and um, we're sitting in Maria's apartment, a.k.a. our studio. Fall has hit, but... It's fake fall. It's fake. Because we got excited for a second. It was cold for a week and now it's 80 degrees. We're going to pretend and we're going to, you know, drink some wine and have some pumpkin candle burning. <laughs> All we want is to be cozy, but yes. um, Elena won't let us, but we'll get there eventually once second summer is over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to go into our highlights and lowlights of the week. So Maria, what was your highlight? So I have two highlights. Um, so first of all, we launched. That was a huge thing for us. Um, that week was crazy. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we were really excited. My family was really excited. <laughs> My mom sent it to all of her friends, even the ones that might not even speak English, but they're trying. So thank you for listening. <laughs> Shout out to our Latin American audience. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that happened that same week was that my Madam Architect interview came out. Um, that was a crazy thing to happen. I've been, we've been, both been reading that website for over a year. We used to send each other like the day in the life kind of uh, articles, but it's basically an online magazine that highlights a lot of pretty successful women in architecture. But now they're doing a series or in the summer they were doing a series about like recent grads and things like that and julia the editor invited me to participate and be interviewed and that was insane very scary but <laughs> so exciting it's pretty surreal that you were in a web on a website that we used to stalk every i know every day last summer it's so like i felt so much pressure to like do a good job you did a great job <laughs> maria got so much awesome feedback on that post i feel like thanks um, so you did a great yeah. job thanks i did my best so my low light was it was my mom's birthday, <laughs> which sounds like not a bad thing, <laughs> um, but I was not there with her and it's really sad because I can't, you know, go home right now. So that was my low light, but we made a cake for her and pretended, you know, she was here. You did? Yeah. Mostly because I wanted to eat it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we FaceTime and it made her a cake. That's so But then cute. she couldn't eat it. So I was like, wait, maybe this was a bad idea. <laughs> so now you guys just had a lot of cake. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of cake that week. <laughs> what kind of cake was it? It was carrot cake with brigadeiro topping, which is like that Brazilian like the chocolate ooh, candy thing. They're basically like chocolate balls, like truffle oh, things. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've you given me those. So good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now I want cake. So thanks. <sighs> we should have made some. Yeah. To work hard. But, but anyway, yeah, what we was just your been chomping on some highlight and low light of the week? Um, so my highlight of the week, I guess for like honestly the past month since I've 
moved to our so we moved to a new neighborhood in Atlanta um and ever since we've moved in um my highlight is my neighbors oh so sweet (laughs) they are such a light in my life (laughs) honestly like so it's really funny because I've never been friends with my neighbors like this I feel like I'm on a tv show I know it's like surreal it's like we have another friend that is like actually hangs out with his neighbors too and I just find that so surreal it is surreal and honestly I'm from the northeast where it's like you don't talk to your neighbors if you're like, hello, and you're very curt. And you mm-hmm. just like move on because you're scared they're a serial killer or something. But they're probably not. So what I've <laughs> learned is talk to your neighbors. <laughs> no. So to be serious, um, they – so we knew one of them. It was – she was one of um, Ashcon's old coworkers. And then she introduced us to our other two neighbors that were literally all sharing one fence. So we're extreme, like really close to each other. And ever since we've moved in, I don't know, we just do a lot of stuff together. Like they kind of initiate a lot of stuff. Like I have a book club with the girls. Oh my God. And then sometimes one of them will just be like, hey, does anyone want to go get a drink? And last night in Virginia Highlands, they had like a little like food truck thing um, at a restaurant parking lot. So we went with them for the night. Um, but yeah, shout out to my neighbors for That's just so being sweet. so warm and welcoming to us. <laughs> yeah, you're the best. So if you're listening. You rock. <laughs> I mean, if they're listening, they're pretty good neighbors. That's right. like awesome. <laughs> yeah. And they support the podcast. They wow. Have, they've told Thank me. Thank you, Emily's neighbors. Yes. You guys are amazing. <laughs> um, so my low light, this is a little bit of tea, um, but recently NCARB, which is the architecture registration board, um, they released a lot of new information regarding testing this week. So... Just kind of not to bore you guys, but as far as testing, they decided to do an online proctored version. So before you only had the choice of going into a testing center. And now they're saying as early as November, you can do them from your house, um, the exams. So, but with that, they've also announced they're taking away paper and pencil. So scratch paper while you're taking this exam and they're having to have a digital scratch board. So you have to use your mouse to draw on your computer. And there's just been so much like backlash on it, honestly. Like all the architects are like, you're seriously going to take away our pencil? Like we're architects. <laughs> like, and That's a kind of annoying. It is. No. And especially if you're taking more technical stuff where you want to like draw out your, I mean, architects in general, like draw out their. Yeah. And it's way know. faster than trying to do with the mouse. Yeah. So and like writing numbers and doing like quick calculations. Right. Oh my yeah. God. So that is changing. And then also they're revising the cut score for exams. So because there's new online proctoring, they think that like people are going to have a different experience with it. So they want to redo the cut score. Wait, what? Like make it easy or harder? They don't know yet. To pass? It's oh going to take God. them a month to evaluate like what the new average is because the cut score is normally taken from the average and now they're bringing in this whole different type of like testing experience. So that shouldn't, I mean, that shouldn't change how how much you need to pass. I Oh, I don't think it's going to, oh no, that's going to change. The content is apparently not going to change at all. Okay. And potentially the length of the exam might change. Like they might make it shorter. Oh, I'm for that. <laughs> yeah. But you might have to like pass more questions to pass oh. if it's shorter. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Anyways, in conclusion, there's just been a lot of changes. And for someone like I'm kind of in the process of studying and taking exams, it's just like you don't want to worry about 
like all that stuff on top yeah. of studying. So that's my low light. Sorry, it's such a bummer, but um, <laughs> we'll see. Updates to come. All right, so we're moving on to our next segment, which is architect, firm, or project of the week. Um, and this week, Emily brought an awesome project. Why don't you talk about it? So this week, um, we're going to focus on the National Center for Civil and Human Rights Museum, and that's located here in downtown Atlanta. It's designed by the Freelong Group, now part of Perkins and & Will, and HOK. So... The museum is dedicated to the achievements of both the civil rights movement in the United States and also in the broader worldwide human rights movement. And we chose this building because of obviously the very important purpose it serves and also its really unique design. Um, it's a gorgeous building that's defined by kind of two bold curving walls that turn inwards to each other. And the walls are clad in this architectural paneling system that varies in size and color. So that's supposed to represent kind of the diversity of humanity. So that was a very intentional cladding uh, move. And also the curving inwards is like an intimate experience when you're in there. Um, it also has a really cool, like unique site. It's very steep. So um, with the elevation change, they have this very like grand exterior stair that connects to really big public plazas. And um, that public plaza has served as a space for a lot of movements. Like in Atlanta, the Women's March was there. Um, it's kind of like a, a pinpoint for where a lot of protests end. So that's a kind of a unique space. And then another interesting thing they do is they're very particular with how the lighting in the gallery works. So it's very controlled in gallery spaces, but then um, all the public spaces are like flooded with daylight. And also, um, it kind of culminates with an overlook on the very top floor um, where you have a view of like Centennial Olympic Park um, in downtown Atlanta. And it kind of gives visitors a place to stop and reflect. Like, I know when I went there, um, it's kind of a space for you to just like really take in everything you've seen as far as for the exhibit and the gallery and kind of just kind of reflect on it. So, um, yeah, it's a building that's not only like aesthetically beautiful, I think functionally it it's really great for the user. So that was the building of the week and yeah. definitely check it out if you're in Atlanta. So. Yeah. I think also like the, the exhibits inside it might, might not have to do with the actual like architectural design, but it is a really cool place to visit. Um, like the exhibits, the way that they're designed, they're very immersive. I think like it was a very unique experience, very different from any other museum I've ever been to. And so we'll post some pictures of it on our Instagram like we did for the previous one. So you guys can get a, um, a visual because this is a podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, if only but, you could see it. <laughs> yeah. Check it out, guys. All right. So now we're going to get into our topic of the episode. And it's um, about internships. So everything internships entail. And yeah, we're going to start off with what exactly an architecture internship is. Um, so, okay. So it's very common for uh, architecture students to get internships during school. Um, it helps you just build your resume and, you know, find a job later on. It's just a very common thing. Um and it's kind of based off of how the architecture profession, you know, 
was created or how it was in the before school was a thing um it's based on like apprenticeship people would just kind of shadow and be working for an architect and learn the tricks of the trade and be an apprentice and eventually be there long enough that they can do the things on their own so i think that culture of like mentorship and apprenticeship is like still very much um present in the architecture profession but now it's a little bit more structured there are more organizations in place and more rules to follow but it's essentially the same thing but so during school you might get um, some summer internships or work part-time when you're still going to be considered like an architecture intern um, and some of the things that you end up doing in those situations are um, more of the production work I would say in a firm that works with like Revit or AutoCAD you're going to be doing a lot of the drawings and um, markups or redlining which is when you know the more senior architects go through a set of drawings and they mark up, you know, what's wrong or things to add or what's, you know, what needs to be fixed. And then you're going to be the one addressing those changes. Um, what are some other things that you do in an internship? Um, I think you work on, depending on the firm, a lot of the graphics side of things too. Yeah. Like, especially if you're in school, they kind of think, oh, you're fresh off rendering, um, doing like schematic type of diagrams yeah like quick models oh yeah physical models too yeah physical models so yeah honestly things like i I think a lot of software heavy things because a lot of the time like upper leadership you know either don't know the software or it's like not worth them spending their time on that so yeah a lot of more production work like maria said or sometimes uh not so nice work like awkward things that they just need to get done right. and oh yeah like going to the stereotypes the like you'll be getting working on bathrooms oh <laughs> well okay i've never gotten coffee in any of my internships but i did draw bathroom details yeah bathroom yeah, details, that's like the architecture equivalent cabinet okay. details yeah it's like can you do toilet clearances over and over <laughs> yeah 88 that's all i did in my first year. it's so true and everyone jokes that's what your internship's gonna be like but yeah, <laughs> you have to you have to get through that. You I think do. everybody needs to know how to draw those things, and they're important things. You cement it in your mind, <laughs> yeah. the dimensions. To like a, kind of illustrate this topic, we we just go through our own kind of experiences with internships. Um, I would say we're probably done with internships at this point in our oh, lives, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we have done our fair share of them. So, do you want to start? Um, so I'll start with my undergrad internships. Um, basically, I think we kind of touched on this before, but in undergrad, I really didn't know (laughs) what I wanted to do or where exactly to look for internships. Um, I kind of like was just taking one and being like, yeah, this will work out. (laughs) And so my first one, um, was at a very corporate firm. What year were you in school? Um, I was this, my sophomore year. You're like after your sophomore year, your yeah, summer after yeah. that. Okay. So summer after sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was actually a more like engineering dominated firm. And I was actually a transportation planning intern. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that should have probably been a red flag for me immediately. But <laughs> I was like, you know, this will be great. I was just so impressed by the office. And like, I met my project manager and I was just like, this is gonna be a great job. <laughs> And so while I was there, I had pretty much very little supervision. It was such a big office. I was the only intern. So little supervision and also a lot of admin work. So 
it didn't really correlate to architecture, to be honest. Um, I was doing a lot of Xeroxing and <laughs> organizing drawings. I saw drawings. I wasn't really drawing them. <laughs> I was just renaming them and putting them in folders. <laughs> exactly. Um, it might have been a secretary internship. Who knows? But um, yeah, so that was my first kind of internship to like, honestly get it on my resume. So I will say while it didn't really relate to architecture too much and it was more administrative, um, yeah, it was something that helped me get my second internship which is honestly like the complete opposite. Cause I think I experienced that and I was like, I need to get in there, like in the industry. Yeah. So I went through a phase where I really wanted to be an interior designer. Oh. So this is something about internships. It's like, this is the time for you to test out, you know, what works for you, what doesn't. I was like, I'm going to try out interior design and see what it's like. Cause on paper to me, it looked great. <laughs> so I did this internship and it was mostly interior design and um, home staging. So, First off, it wasn't paid. Oh, at all? No, it was unpaid. And I was told it was going to be a lot of learning and I wasn't going to be doing like typical employee duties. So it'll be great. It'll be fine. And I was like, sure, this sounds great. Like junior year me, this is the summer of junior year. I was like, this is great. Um, After getting paid for the other secretary. Yeah, and I got paid for that. But (laughs) I was like, but I'm going to exchange all the experience I'm going to get and it'll be worth it. It was not corporate. It was um, essentially in like a store slash warehouse. And I was doing a lot of filing of library swatches, like materials, carpet samples, um, like, yeah, basically like shop kind of samples. So So you were like Marie Kondo of the office. Yeah, that's what the interns did. (laughs) And it was instead of me being alone, it was me and like four other girls. And we just kind of like clean the office oh my goodness. and sometimes you would get to go on site and like stage building um houses which was really cool that sounds really fun it I was think cool I would enjoy that it sounds cool but there's a lot of back-end work you're just all i can imagine is just being covered in a sample like a pile of samples oh like there were so many those rooms are also so claustrophobic yeah exactly and i was in there like whatever how many eight hours a day and i was just like, i don't want to see any more material i can't see any more colors <laughs> i can't um so <laughs> yeah <laughs> essentially it was free labor let's be real because we were yeah. organizing for them but yeah from that internship i learned maybe i don't want to be not to say that's what interior designers do they're not they're obviously drawing and like yeah. I just think it's actually like way closer to architecture than I thought it yeah. was interior design. Yeah, because they do a lot of like build outs mm-hmm. of stuff too. So I don't know if that should have been what I judged that I didn't want to do interior design on, but that kind of I took away that I'm more big picture than nitty gritty. And then my third internship was um, actually during my senior year. So I was trying to do that part time while going to school. Yikes. And, um, this time it was a home remodeling place. So I was like, I'm going to go back to architecture now. But I did like kind of residential and stuff. So I wanted to keep that. I answered the Craigslist ad and I didn't <laughs> realize. Yeah, it was like looking for architectural intern and home remodeling. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. And he was in Philly and I could like take the subway there. I realized it, it was run out of his house. He owned it. And he was like, you're going to get so much experience. Like, and then I realized I was, it was me and one other person. Doing the whole thing? During like this home remodeling process. 
So what I did is like I went from like start to finish with a client, like I gave them a mood board and then I had to choose like um, exactly what to spec for like cabinetry, like manufacturer and all that. And it was a lot. I didn't get any training on it. Yeah, it I was mean, little you're oversight. still an undergrad. I wouldn't know what to do. Looking back, I'm like, I can't believe he trusted me. I know. And how how old was the other person? The experience level. So the experienced person was out of college. So <laughs> so she, not really experienced. <laughs> no, she was young. She was really young. Um. So yeah, this was like I was treated like a full time employee. I remember just being really, really stressed out all the time, being like, oh, my God, there's so much pressure on me to, like, do this job really well because just me and one other person. While in school, too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So it was a lot, but I did learn a lot. Um, I was getting paid, I will say. So, guys, I learned When you from said that. He, was, he promised experience, I was like, oh, no, she didn't get paid again. I know. I should have precursed <laughs> it. He did pay me. So I think I was just so excited to get paid that I took it. Um, Takeaway from that is... Do your research. I didn't do my research. Yeah. I got excited by like a few things. Like I checked some of my boxes, but I didn't like really look into it. So yeah, those were. Did you did you look at other places at the same time, like through career fair or anything? Like I'm surprised you got that off Craig Craigslist. No, I didn't. So my I think they recently started doing this, but they didn't really have formal career fairs. Oh, during when I was there in undergrad um nowadays i think they are doing that but it was kind of like you kind of like search for it yourself i am yeah so that's scary yeah and you know i also didn't have any family members in architecture to like be like don't do that same (laughs) yeah so that was my undergrad which honestly i didn't really learn that much about what I wanted to do with architecture during that. It was more like getting used to being in an office setting. I think that was the biggest yeah. um, takeaway from That's that. That's a huge thing that people don't like realize how hard it is to adapt from going to like you go to school your whole life and then all of a sudden you, you know, have to put on a cute little business casual outfit that you don't even own. Oh, I was go- real excited to go to Banner Republic and get plants. <laughs> I know. <laughs> pants. I didn't have the budget though. So I was like, um, <laughs> How do I trick Forever 21? You're like, (laughs) where do I buy a blazer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was so hard to like adapt at the first, like just sitting in an office for eight hours. It's really hard. So true. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you're like, really? This is what everyone in the workforce does. You sit for this long. Then you get kind of (laughs) sad. Yep. (laughs) And then you get used to it and you're like, wow, it's just sad. It's just always going to be like this. No. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Um, But yeah, I would say that my... My jobs actually after undergrad really, really cemented doing research on firms and then being like particular about where I worked mm-hmm. and how it would benefit me long term. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But I guess for undergrad, it's kind of like you got that experience on your resume to move forward. Yeah. So, yeah. What about you? What was your undergrad internships like? Um. Oh, we're doing undergrad first. Okay. So I started at the same time that you did. So my first summer, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, I just watched Grey's Anatomy. That's it. Um, I was thinking that too. I was like, what did I do my first freshman summer? year? Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, so excited to go home for like three months. And I think we were just recovering. Yeah. I mean, f- freshman year, you all know, it was rough. My first real internship was actually in Brazil. Um, so the first summer I had, I just went back home and did nothing. Then the second summer, 
which was after sophomore year, I still wanted to go home for three months and hang out with my family. But then I still wanted to get some experience somehow. Um, but it was really hard because, you know, I barely had contacts here, I, let alone in Brazil. Like I'm, no one in my family is an architect. And, you know, I had done a college in a different country. So um, it was kind of hard, but there weren't a lot of firms in my city anyway. So I just went for like the coolest one that I found. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing like a part-time summer internship. So they really didn't take me seriously. Because <laughs> yeah. I was taking like an online class at Tech um, in the mornings and stuff. So I only worked in the afternoons. Um, and it was fine. Um, I didn't get paid at all. Um, but I was like, you know what? It's fine. I probably won't be doing much here anyway. And um, I really just want something on my resume. Um, and it was a really cool firm. Like their projects are really cool and beautiful. Yeah, cool. Um, and it's, you know, some residential stuff mostly. Um, but it was just, you know, I was just doing exactly what we were talking about, like bathroom details and, and cabinetry and things like Place that. Place you got to draw. <laughs> I'll yeah, I did no like, filing there, yeah. no uh, getting coffee. Um, but yeah, so that was fine. It was honestly like really chill. I wasn't stressed out and I was. I also didn't know anything. So I wasn't putting anyone at risk by using my architecture skills <laughs> sophomore year <laughs> to design anything real. But um, then after that, that was essential. Like that was very important for me to have on my resume the next summer. Same. That's how I felt with yeah. the first one. Because then on a career fair, you know, I was a junior. Yeah, I was a junior. And then also already had something that said architecture intern on my, you know, experience section. And then I got an internship that was kind of like a, I kind of had to convince the guy that I, they needed an intern. Because it was like a 30-ish person firm. and But the architecture part was only like 10 people. And I reached out to them and I was like, you want an intern? <laughs> That's I mean, good. I can, you know, and because they really didn't, like they didn't even go to a career fair. I think I had some connection to the firm. How did but, you find them? Um, someone that I used to do CrossFit with me. <laughs> oh. She was in, she still uh, works in the landscape side. Um, so that was like my first like personal connection to someone in yeah. some firm. So I was like, oh, that's what they mean about, you know, talking to people, you know, I guess. <laughs> I was like, I was just going to say like pro tip is, uh, yeah, exposing as many people as possible. Like, yeah, I'm in architecture. Let me right. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you never know. I mean, I was very surprised to hear that she was in the field, you know, design the landscape. Yeah. Um, or plan. No, she's in planning, I think. But um, yeah, so I, you know, got connected to the principal and stuff and we talked and it was fine. I mean, it was kind of weird because I had to convince him and then the negotiation was impressed. like, <laughs> I, I don't know, I guess. I, but the thing is, like, I wasn't sure they really needed me because then in the summer they were like, uh, like, it wasn't, I didn't really always have things to do and I did some odd things like, you know, organizing the library. Were you like, paid this time? I was, yeah. The, the negotiation <laughs> was funny because I had no idea what I wanted or needed i was like you know above ten dollars an hour is probably fine um but then he was like he caught we were on the phone like the short phone interview not even a real interview i mean you know in person and he was like how's 15 an hour is i fine i was like yeah that's fine that's great <laughs> i think that might be average that's pretty normal that's you know i don't know it depends where you live right um but 
I was like, that's fine. You know, I I didn't know any better. I had no idea what people were supposed to get paid. Um, yeah. So, but that one was all right. I, you know, they did real architecture projects. So I did some, some Revit. That was actually where I learned Revit. So as much as it was a all right internship, it, it really like made me learn Revit mm-hmm. and some other software and how it's used in the day to day. Um, and then I also got used to like actually sitting on my butt for eight hours all day. Um, getting used to that office setting. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think, you know, overall it was all right. It was, I knew that those weren't the kinds of projects that I wanted to do forever, mm-hmm. but it was fine. It was good. I, you know, learned a lot and it was another thing for my resume. So that was after junior year. Um, and then I graduated and I did an internship between my undergrad and my grad um, at a pretty big corporate firm. Um, and that was through a connection. This is actually a really good tip. Um, this woman came for a review um, for my my studio. So I met her. She she came to our review. She really liked my project. And I connected with her, you know, email wise. She, she ended up saying, sending an email. It's like feedback to the students, which was like amazing. I was like, you're so nice. Yeah, that was really nice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I kind of want to be you. Um, so I was like, well, maybe I can work where she works. <laughs> so I, you know, kept in touch with her and then, you know, got connected. I was like, hey, like, are, are you guys hiring any interns over the summer? This was, you know, once I graduated. And then I ended up uh, working there in the same firm. Wow. I didn't work directly with her, but I think she was very proud to bring me on board because she liked my work. That's a great tip because um, when you're presenting and, you know, you really respect someone or, you know, you like a critic really stands out to you, there's nothing wrong with coming up to them even after introducing yourself further yeah. and, you know, letting them know I am interested in anything yeah. and or connecting with them over email. That actually happened to me really recently. Um, there was a, um, a crit on my final review that I contacted afterwards and he reached out to me recently for an interview. Yeah. So use and it's those usually, reviews. Like the people that come to reviews are legit people that are doing things and are, are, you know, up to date with what's going on because they're connected to the school somehow with your professor. And, and it's usually a bunch of people from different backgrounds. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, are practicing architects in a like normal firm or some people are more yeah. like, professors or do more research so you can find yeah. everything and i'm sure their their cogs are turning like when someone's presenting like oh maybe they could be a good fit oh for yeah especially if like the principals come in like a smaller firm mm-hmm. for sure they're they're recruiting yeah in, in your review <laughs> i mean it's a good tactic so <laughs> yeah so yeah so that internship was amazing. I did um, a lot of like healthcare uh, projects and I was so scared. I was like, what is this? It's so complicated. Um, I, I, w- I had no healthcare at all in school. That's not really a thing yeah. in undergrad. So I was very nervous, but I did learn so much and I love the people I worked with. And I started to figure out the differences between firms and how it's not even about like doing cool projects. Like my very first one, they did amazing projects, but I didn't really have a good time. But then the second one, the people were fine. The projects were fine. It was okay. And then the, the third one was like, oh, the people are amazing. So it's like, <laughs> I will deal with like happening here. <laughs> crazy, yeah, crazy like healthcare projects, which at first I didn't really like because I was so confused. It took so long for me to grasp what, what was going on. 
but the people were amazing and i they were so uh like willing to help and teach um anything that i needed to be taught and i really enjoyed it and then that became um it turned into a part-time during school so i think that that's something also to take into consideration like especially the ones the internships that you do more towards the end of your degree if if that's your undergrad or grad um those are great opportunities if you enjoyed it to turn into a full-time job yeah i totally agree and i think like you know how you'd ex- explained it that like as you keep progressing you learn more and more what you like and then what you want to pursue after your mm-hmm. internship and i feel like that happened for me also working after undergrad um i tried a bunch of different sectors and i enjoyed more <laughs> some more than others um so yeah i i totally i mean i'm in the same boat as maria where i also really found out i liked healthcare architecture i guess from experiencing um that in an internship i kind of brought that into like my studies too in graduate yeah. school so yeah it can play off each other yeah i think that's also a really good point where like the internships you do before you go to grad school if that's the track that you're on mm-hmm. that's a really good way to like I said this on the other episode, but just like figure out what you want from grad school. Um, and even it might help you pick a program, to be honest, because, yeah. you know, if that happens with, say, healthcare and you do an internship before your grad school and you love healthcare and that's what you want to do and you end up going to a school that has nothing on healthcare, then like that's, you know, you should really think about that decision. Like you were lucky enough that, you know, we have a healthcare lab and all yeah. these things. Um, there's a whole like healthcare degree you can get. Um, but that's a great point too. So yeah, like, you know, don't be discouraged, obviously. If it's your first internship, um, even your second internship and you're like, I'm not totally convinced yet. It's honestly just, you keep trying just similar to a job. It, yeah. Internship is a job. You're supposed to get mutual benefit from each other, from your employer. Um, so just figure out what you want and don't do what me and Maria did and take unpaid stuff that often. <laughs> I mean, I would also add that, like, don't feel pressure to do a amazing firm, like, you know, job goals in your freshman year. Because honestly, like, I am slightly embarrassed to talk to, like, my first boss, (laughs) my first internship, because, like, I wasn't very good, you know? I didn't know what I was doing. So, like, I feel like it would almost, like, burn that bridge (laughs) if you did, like, like, if I did... You know, freshman year, I went to work for the firm I wanted to work for the rest of my life. And then they were like, they saw me like how bad I was freshman year. They'd be <laughs> like, sure um, weren't. yeah, we don't want you back. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I feel yeah, yeah. And you don't have to do an internship every summer. I felt a lot of pressure to do that. And then I also wanted to go home and like hang out with my parents for three months. So I was very conflicted because, you know, our mm-hmm. school has a very competitive culture, mm-hmm. especially with like career fair and jobs and stuff. So it's just kind of uh keep it like keep reminding yourself of what you want and and what's going to benefit you it's not about what's the quantity look, what, yeah the quantity or you know the the big names on your resume or anything yeah okay so we both had you know pretty positive experiences in our internships sometimes it wasn't exactly what we were looking for but you know at the end of the day it ended up benefiting us. However, um, that 
is not always the case. Uh, we often hear about, I mean, the whole issue with the whole like apprenticeship, internship thing. Um, you end up seeing a lot of unpaid positions or barely paid positions. And that becomes a problem when, you know, you already have a degree, you have two degrees and you're barely getting paid um, fairly for what you're doing, for how much is expected of you and where you're living. So we have a story from a colleague that will remain anonymous and we're going to call her Betty. <laughs> Thank you, Betty. Thank you, Betty, for submitting your story. Um, we are so sorry that this happened to you, um, and but we're very grateful for you to share your story and hopefully um, help people not, you know, be in this position or shed some light into this whole or someone um, in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, it happens way more often than we think it does, and we just wanted to share um, her experience because we think it would really be helpful. Yeah. So. A little bit of a background on Betty. Yeah. So so she didn't have a traditional architecture undergrad degree. So she was having trouble finding an internship um, for the summer. Yeah. So um, she met the principal of this firm at her school. She came to speak about her work. And um, Betty started chatting with her after the presentation because, you know, she really liked her work. And they connected because they were hiring interns for the summer and Betty was really interested in working for them. So they exchanged emails and schedule an interview and she eventually gets an offer. Um, and that ended up being her only offer um, for that summer. So she, since she needed this for her resume, she didn't have a lot of architecture experience. She, you know, was pretty much set on accepting it. And then they get to the compensation part and they settle on $500 a month as a stipend um, to, for her to work as a contractor. But she would be learning so much, in quotes. Yeah. And also, this internship was in New York City. Yes. So $500 a month in New York City, not including her rent and transportation, transportation. So. moving there or anything. Right. But Betty was too scared to negotiate because it was her only offer. You know, she liked the work and she wanted to take it yep so that's a little background and now we're going to dive into the letter she wrote us the internship starts in june so i did at least have some time to visit the family my parents are already stressed out about the lack of pay but i'm over here trying to see it as a means to an end i need this internship so i can get a job I find a place in Brooklyn about 45 minutes away from the office, but that's normal for New York City, $900 a month in a four-bedroom apartment, so I'm already at negative $400 per month just to attend this internship, and the transportation is $130 a month. Make that negative $530 per month on housing and commute that I'm paying just to be able to work. My first day at the office comes around. It's a small firm. We're eight people at the moment, including the principal, out of four of which are interns. My desktop doesn't have all the programs I need to work with. So we all just switch around computers whenever we need something done. Not that efficient, but software licenses cost money, I guess. I end up mostly using my own laptop anyways, since I have student licenses for the most of the stuff I need. The thing is, I was told I was getting paid $500 a month stipend because I'd only be doing intern work and mostly learning. After all, by law, if the intern is the beneficiary and not the firm, and if they're not substitutes for regular employees, Labor law dictates they don't necessarily need to meet minimum wage salary. However, the four interns worked in the office that summer 
all were paid $500 a month, just like me, or about $3.12 per hour, if you will. We were indeed substitutes for regular employees, working 40 hours a week, having to put in overtime without notice to meet project deadlines. On top of everything, to this day, I haven't received pay for my last month at the internship, and it's been more than a year since I left. I did have the principal tell me at the end of the internship that she'd love for me to come back once I graduate. But I also heard from someone who got offered a job that the first month would be without pay because they, quote unquote, needed a testing period to see if they're a good fit. No thanks. Wow. So we have a lot to unpack from Poor this Betty. Story. This is actually more common than you think. So where do we start? First, we can start with how much she was getting paid for real. The fact that, you know, she had to pay so much money to just have that experience in New York City. We know that, you know, internships in New York City are always very rough because it's so expensive to live there. And they, you know, they pay barely enough to like eat. So, I mean, food wasn't even in this math, but right. that's just 530 to just to get to learn a lot. So it seemed like, um, you know, maybe the principal wasn't as transparent with her as she should have been that you are going to be doing the duties of a typical employee. Um, but I'm sure if that was revealed, then, you know, Betty wouldn't have been so eager to take $500 yeah. a month. Also. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and also like the the fact that she had no other option but to take the job, mm -hmm. which, you know, right now she she's glad that it's on her resume and she has that contact and she can have that as like a recommendation for another job. But when you have no other option, you, you really are scared to negotiate or even like, I mean, a, a firm that does this is probably not willing to negotiate, to be honest. Right. Okay, so what are some of the other issues that stick out to us? Well, first of all, she was treated as a as a normal employee, and the majority of the firm were interns, which yeah. is no, not a really good sign because interns are temporary employees, so mm -hmm. like less higher management, I guess. Yeah, and I think kind of branching off that, it's like you know the interns are heavily relied upon, and then on top of that, she was using her own laptop software. Yeah, that's to support the firm. Yeah, so it's a couple like question marks there. Yeah. <laughs> Using your own laptop is like really not a good thing. I know that it's a it's kind of common actually because firms it's very expensive for firms to have all the licenses to the software and mm -hmm. things like that. And when you're a summer intern, you most likely still have your stuff from school that or you can even use it through your school portal, which is probably not legal, but people do that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just not that's another expense that you could add to the math that she's just, you know, Mm -hmm. taking on just to work and on top of all that she still hasn't been paid for her last month of working there it's been a year so this was last summer yeah so a whole year that's crazy yeah so you know there's just a lot of non-transparency happening here between the two you know the communication was just very unclear from the beginning yeah and kind of culminated i feel like at the end so yeah and it doesn't seem like there was a lot of time that opportunity that she had in the middle of it to renegotiate or be like oh i'm doing a lot more work than you know i thought i was going to be doing doing mm -hmm. overtime with mm -hmm. you know no notice and and you know teaching people how to use software like that's not part of what she thought the job was going to be right so i'm really sorry that happened to you betty but 
like we mentioned earlier, we're sure that this happens often and this is something that should not be allowed, honestly. Yeah. It's messed up. It's really messed up. And if anyone's listening that's going to become a principal, don't do this. Don't do this <laughs> to people. Be upfront that you're not going to be paying any money to be an employee. Yeah. Or at least like cover the rent and be like, you're not going to get yeah. paid anything else, but I, I will help you like move here at least. At least if you're going to break even. Yeah. Yeah. Not negative. Right. Oh, man. So, yeah, that was a rough letter. And, you know, we really fought for her. And just in general, we wanted to give some advice, I guess, not only to avoid internship experiences like this, but, you know, what we think people should consider when they're searching. My first thought was, you know, when you're talking to a firm, they're interviewing you, you should be interviewing them at the same time and ask a lot of questions honestly um ask what your day-to-day duties would be what they're expecting of you and you know just really understand what your internship could bring a value to you and what they're looking for also yeah you can you can also ask more about um not even like not financial things but just what's down the pipeline like what are the kinds of projects that they're working on right now what phases they're in, you know, you get a sense of, oh, are they just doing competitions and not getting paid? Or, you know, is there a constant flow of, you know, money coming into the firm? Are they healthy? Um, Because that's a huge thing. I think that can, you know, that's, it's just an internship, but it's a huge thing for when you're looking for a a full-time job. Um, You want to make sure that the firm is healthy and Mm -hmm. moving forward and will be able to pay you also. I think um, definitely knowing, you have what your future looks like there, um, even if it is short term, and what you're getting yourself into. Even when you start at a firm, um, really communicate what your goals are out of that internship. That's something I wish I knew early on, as well as obviously researching the firm more, yeah. um, as we mentioned in our early internships. <laughs> um, but yeah, just when you start, you know, really communicate, this is what I'm hoping to achieve by the end of this internship. And I think that's when you get the most value out of your internship. Yeah, because, I mean, sometimes uh, the people in the firm don't really, like, if you give them a little bit of what you're looking for, then they they will make an effort. Like, yeah, how you know, are they I've, supposed to know? Yeah, you, you I really want to get some hours in construction administration. Okay, cool. Every time that comes up, that person's going to remember and think yeah. about you. That's exactly what happened to me at my most recent internship um i did exactly that i was like i'm really low in construction administration hours i've never really been able to go on site and i mentioned that literally my first week of an internship and i remember being nervous if that sounded aggressive Mm -hmm. but no like whenever anyone went out i was there with them yeah so yeah definitely you know think about what you want before you get there another advice that is related to this um betty was scared to negotiate because she it was the only option and first uh, I don't I don't think that negotiating I mean I totally understand being scared I've been in that position um, and especially as women like women don't re- don't mm-hmm. try to negotiate it's very like low the amount of women that actually like try to counter offer but uh, it's firms are not going to take away your offer if you try to renegotiate like if you counter offer they're not going to say oh just kidding we're not giving you the job at all because right. you asked for more money. They're just going to be like, the worst thing that can happen, they'd be like, no, we can't do that. We're going to stand with the current one. Or it might go up a little bit. My dad always said, like, you already have a no, so you might as well try. Right. Um, so they shouldn't take away your offer. I don't think that's a thing. No. <laughs> and <laughs> um, if it is, that's kind of worrisome <laughs> yeah, in general. So, And if you're nervous about asking for more money, 
you know, you can always add on to your request, like, this is why I think I should be paid this much more. Like, this is what I bring to the table. This is my experiences. This is what software is I know. I could really benefit this firm in this way. And this is why I deserve. Yeah. So, you know, if if that makes you nervous to be like, actually, I want to counter with this number kind of like barehanded, um, I recommend doing that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like really know your value. Um, and what we want to do an episode just on kind of like how to market yourself and things like that. But that's a huge thing when you're re- negotiating. Um, and I think something also that helps when you're in that stage is having at least like another option. I know that's very hard, especially right now. But when we were going through our career fairs and stuff, the economy was great. And there were like yeah, a lot depending of- on the economy. Yeah, right? depending on the economy. But obviously everyone says, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And it, it, for negotiation, it's, it's really nice to have at least another offer so that you can be like, hey, this firm values me at this much. Can you match it? Can yeah. you you make it? Can you do better? Right. Um, because sometimes you want a firm because the culture, the projects, and you really want to work there. But someone else gave you more money, and you're like, oh my god, I don't know what to do. But, but at yeah. least you have the option, right? Um, I totally agree. Just having a, like a multitude of offers, you know, if you get the chance to put yourself out there a little bit more to receive these offers then you don't feel like you're pigeonholed into one spot. What are some other like general internship advice? I think one thing that uh, I was also really worried about was how do I make sure my internship turns into a real job? How do I, you know, make them really like me? So make that, the best impression. Yeah, make the best impression and tell them I'm serious about this and I, you know, want to be part of the firm for a longer period of time. And I think one of the things that um, I tried to do was just really be like, first of all, what you said was like vocal about what my progression wanted, like what I wanted out of it. But also like I asked a lot about career progression within the firm and, you know, what happens, you know, after I do this, can I, can I do this? And then I looked up to the people that were slightly above me in, in ranking and, and kind of how they got to where they are and yeah. just making it very obvious that you want to eventually be a principal in that firm or yeah. something like that. Show initiative. Yeah. And honestly, asking questions, like kind of like how you, like you mentioned, just shows that you're interested. So don't be afraid to constantly ask questions about, you know, either your career progression there or just in general about how things are run at that firm. It shows that you're really interested in, you know, staying there. Um, you're like invested in, yeah. in them as like, oh, I want to join the family, mm-hmm. you know. And it shows you're <laughs> curious and you're, you know, awake when you're working. Yeah, yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I think I wasn't at my first internship. <laughs> no, we, we've all been there where you're like, I'm really not into this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're just kind of like blanked out. But, you know, if you are passionate about something, be sure to try to express it. And, you know, kind of just along those lines, when you're at a firm, um, try to be involved. Um, Whenever you see, you know, sometimes larger firms have subcommittees of certain things. It could be like a QAQC committee and like kind of the day-to-day business side it could be a softball team yes um i was in the softball team yeah i was horrible at it but (laughs) it was fun um yeah diversity group women right and it doesn't all have to be like just yeah nine to five stuff like yeah if people are going out for a drink or you know going to play their softball game like see if you can go along and honestly that's when your bonds form yeah 
That's so true. And it's hard to do that when you're just an intern because you're only there for three months usually. But you're usually invited to these types of things. They want you to go. But at first, I was totally like so scared. Like my first couple internships, there were some social events, but I never really, you know, got into them. I was like, I'm going to be here for like three months. It's fine. But then my last one, I really got involved and became friends with a lot of the people there. And then when I left, I was really sad. Everyone was like, oh, yeah. And those people were probably really sad too. Yeah. You know, you know, just be your truest self, honestly. Like, you can be friends with your coworkers. Like, yeah. you don't have to be so serious. Especially, I would also say that there's a big difference between interning at a big firm that has more interns versus a smaller firm that you're yeah. the only intern. There's definitely, because, like, a culture with, like, a group of interns versus... Right. Or yeah. even, I mean, it, it wasn't even the group of interns. It was more like, there are a lot of younger people. There's just more people, so there's more young people, yeah. too. So we, you know, I had a, a lot more people I could relate to versus when you're the only intern and everyone else is like, you know, 40, 50 year olds. And you're like, um, okay, it's Friday. I'm going to go to a bar. Bye. And you don't want to (laughs) come. Yeah. Yeah, Like I got to go home to the wife and kids. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go mow my lawn. (laughs) But you know, that's important to some people and not important to others. And like, you know, maybe me and Maria are projecting that we're both pretty social and like, you know, we want to get involved with extracurricular work stuff. Um, but it helps you be invested in what you're doing. I think yeah. that was when, you know, I was really performing much better in, at work and just That's so more true. invested in the projects in the firm. I wanted them to succeed. I wanted them to have a great yeah. project. But I know when you're not, yeah, be on their team. <laughs> right. And, and when you're not as invested or you don't feel part of the team, sometimes some of it is your own fault. Some of it is the firm's fault. But when you're not connected that way, you don't really – it's hard to care as much when, yeah. as when you are really connected. Okay, so to wrap it up, what is one thing you would tell yourself, your younger self, your intern self? So I kind of touched on this earlier, but um, I think at the very beginning of the internship, really ask yourself what you want to get out of it and kind of be upfront with your employer what those goals are. So, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier, like, yeah, like I wasn't really doing architecture stuff in my first internship or I was doing a lot of, you know, like back of house things, my second internship. But I always wonder, like, could it have been different if at the very beginning I expressed like, oh, I really want to use this software. I really want to gain experience here and kind of keep that at the forefront of their mind. Because like we mentioned earlier, they don't know what it is. Like it, it would be a guessing game for them and they're just giving you what needs to be done. So, you know, just really be clear about um, really like look inwards to yourself, first of all, I mean, like, where do I want to grow? And then see how that internship can serve you just like you're serving them. So that would be my advice to my young little self. <laughs> That's great advice. Um, mine's kind of related, but it's more on the back end. So after an internship, like during the internship, um, during my first one and every, every single one after that, I was keeping kind of like a diary, almost like a, not like an actual like dear diary today. Um, but it was more like, what did I work on? What kind of work I was doing? Like, am I doing Revit, you know, schematic design or am I doing like construction documents or details? Like I would write just like roughly what I was doing for what kind of project and how big the project was just because first of all, it was just to keep track because I was very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But then after it was helpful, um, which is the advice I would give is like to actually read it and like sit with it and figure out what, what that experience was like and what I want 
to be different or what I really liked about it that I want, you know, on a full-time job or what are the parts that could really be better, you know, what, how, how did I, how can I evaluate this internship? Because they evaluate you, right? Like sometimes you get an exit inter- interview yeah. and they're, they're judging you the whole time. <laughs> Right. So you should also like evaluate the firm and yourself and your own experience. Yeah. I really um, like that because, you know, it's all honestly a blur. Yeah. You end up like in the beginning, you're like, oh, I can totally fill out time yeah. sheets every week. And then you realize, oh my God, I don't have time. And it, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, what did I do? Things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get out of, out of your radar. Right. Because like even revisiting our old internships, I was like, I don't really remember too much of it. I wish I wrote stuff down. Yeah, like, yeah. I know my overall feeling of it and I know certain things of it, but, you know, not as detailed as, you know, like a diary, like you said, would be really great. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, I wish I had kind of asked more questions in terms of not what I was actually doing. Like, oh, how do you draw this thing? I definitely asked those questions, but I wish I knew more of what was going on like business wise. Like who are these clients? How did how did you get these clients? How how does this whole like the business development side, which is very interesting to me, and just how how does that work in a firm? And I'm still learning, obviously. Um, but I'm way more alert to that kind of stuff now. But I wish I had more of a sense of it. Because when you're intern, you just get handed stuff to do and you don't even know like where this project is. Who, who is no. a client? Like, it's very uh, – sometimes I would ask them to give me a rundown. Like, can you just explain to me, like, really quickly? I know you're busy, but mm-hmm. just where this is, how big is it, what does it look like? Like, give me the gist of it be- before I draw these, yeah. like, details because – you're probably going to catch them off guard being like, whoa, an intern's never asked me that. Yeah. Like, you're really thinking <laughs> ahead. So you're not only are you being benefited, they're also, like – Wow, that's really impressive that, you know, that's even on your radar. Yeah, so. yeah. You, they, they don't assume the intern knows anything most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay. You're not going to sound dumb. Like the no. more you ask and the more you're curious, the, the more they're going to value yeah. you. They're going to be like, oh, my God, this person really wants to learn. Right. And we're going to teach them. <laughs> Another thing I would add is if you want to become a licensed architect, one really important part of that is doing your internship hours. So while we were talking about all our different internship experiences – you should be recording your hours with a supervisor. So make sure you get that established early. Establish your supervisor and then have them sign off either in certain batches of your hours. And I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of each of the categories, but basically you should definitely get credit for any hours you're interning. So um, you can start recording after high school. So whatever you do that's you know remotely in the field of architecture, if there's an architect above you that can sign off on your hours, do it even if your internship sucks you still get those hours yeah and you need like you know thousands of hours and you know it just contributes to that yeah three thousand i was like i don't remember the exact number it's It's like three years basically right so the earlier you get started on that the better Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you thought uh, about this episode. You can follow us on social media uh, at Open Plan Podcast uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, let us know what you thought. We're going to post the, you know, the project that we talked about and talk to you guys over there. Uh, and we also have a new website. Yeah. OpenPlanPodcast.com. <laughs> we launched our new website. So be sure to check out um, our episodes there. You could listen to it directly if you don't have Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you can also look at our show notes. So anything we talked about this episode, like the architecture project, you can look at there. 
Shout out to Emily's fiance for building that website because we wouldn't know how. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.